We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, uh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rock Pile Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger, and Nate Geary here in studio with us tonight to talk all about the Senior Bowl and just the... Nah, I'm just kidding. Nobody gives a fuck about that. <laughs> Nobody gives... Nate, you couldn't why wind did you up? change the intro? Yeah, you couldn't wind up? No, we're not winding up. We don't wind up for this. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, you cracked that? I was like, we're going to talk about what a shit weekend of football I this think we was. we got to restart. I think, this uh, is a terrible... You want to restart? Cut. Cut, please. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have that kind of power. I'm the guest on this show. <laughs> I can't say cut. Seriously, though. I get it. Like, I get the numbers around the Senior Bowl. Like, I, I, did, I, did, I did my homework before I trashed something. I always try to research it. Just 82% of 2022's Senior Bowl participants got drafted. Pretty good. Yeah, uh, all 32 teams took at least one guy off the senior bowl roster. Uh, to 12 different teams had more than four. But it's the, it's the senior bowl. What are we talking about? Why is everyone upset? Like, why is everyone obsessed with this this week? Does it actually matter, Nate? Yeah, absolutely. God, Tank Dell. Tank Dell. Okay, but what does you knowing about Tank Dell do for anybody? Makes me uh, receipts. It's just, we're in receipt culture. Uh, it's kind of like cancel culture, except it's for football takes. It's just receipts. Um, and receipt culture means that, uh, something stupid you say, uh, on Twitter in, uh, in, in March, I can bring back in November, December, January of the next year. Uh, like Tank Dell, for instance. Uh, I was a big, I really want Tank Dell guy. And people were like, he's too skinny. He tested bad or whatever. And I was like, okay, I don't care. He's going to be good. And then now I don't really, I wish I had better receipts. Wish I'd better tank Dell receipts. 
You know, what? you know what the thing is, is you guys take was, some good receipts of I, me, by well, the way. We, we take a lot of receipts, but here's what's funny. I literally just opened my Twitter and I bet you I don't have to scroll that far. Like most of what I do with Twitter is just retweeting things that, yes, retweets are endorsements, right? It means I thought it was funny. And if you're offended by that, there's a button for that. Can we talk about for a second why when people's in their like bio say retweets are not endorsements? That's literally exactly what they are. <laughs> That's what a retweet is. I thought this was funny. Let me put it in your eyes. It's like my thoughts are not opinions. <laughs> uh, here's a tweet. January 28th. The cheesy shit the Chiefs do to generate flags is one thing. The fact that Travis Kelsey celebrates it the way he does is what makes them so hateable. Are you talking about when he celebrates when guy when uh, who was it? Kyle, Kyle Van Noy headbutts him. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck him running his girlfriend. The entire debacle. It's it's a mess. Listen, don't say. Don't say F Taylor. Don't say FTF. Ooh, okay? because the Swifties might take receipts and get mad Jeez, at me. No, you, you, listen. The, the, the last thing you receipt culture. Mm. That's right. The last thing you need is Swifties on you, bud. Listen, if there's anybody, and I mean anybody, who is more repellent to anybody who would consider themselves a Swifty, it's probably me. Yeah, you being repellent to women that makes sense. <laughs> I read. Defense, I rest my kit. The defense rests. No, receipt culture. We're, we're into uh, liquor culture down here in the yes, Rock Call Report studio. Now, what are you drinking there, sir? Okay, so uh, I am drinking a cinnamon old fashioned, and it might be one of the finest creations. I, I hate complimenting him. I know. It's hard, isn't it's, it? Because you look at him and he's so hateable. He's. Him he's, and Travis Kelsey. He like has, almost 1A and 1B. He has that face. <laughs> Where I'm sure people feel the same way about me, but Dude, they don't I've really got, get to see my face a lot. I've got about nine to ten quality syrups. No in, question. In my refrigerator. I've been keeping, I think I'm at maybe 60, I'm at like 60 old fashions, different combinations with different syrups, different bourbons, different bitters. I'm keeping a drunctionary so I know what is. Because when best. you make when you make them really well, it's usually because you've had a few. Yes. Yeah. The best old fashioned is in my drunctionary is Blue Note Crossroads cardamom syrup, black walnut bitters. Ooh. And he makes tops. Now here's what's hilarious about him: he has more syrups than likable personality traits. Yeah, he has he has more than two. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons I hate him is because every time now we get, <laughs> we're back in, it's the off season, so we're back into cocktail review mode as he expands, That's got gin in it. as he expands his drunctionary and he refuses to pour me that's got gin. a man's glass. That's for sure. That's got he gin. He loves giving It's not me about, it's not, there's no gender assignment to the glass, Drew. It's just, that's the, the glass that you would put a gin cocktail I in. got into a fight with the bartender and waitress. The, the I've only been in a cheesecake factory one time. Oh God. And I Where got into is a this going? fight with the waitress and the bartender because I look at the menu and I go, well, first of all, all these cocktails. Some are- poor girl making less than minimum wage. Uh, she was probably Drew, like 20. Drew berating her about no, 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 the type no. of glass that his drink was served in. Well, the bartender decided he was going to white knight for her and he's the one I unloaded on. But what happened was I'm going down the list and I go, all these fruity cocktails, I can't drink any of this. Is all, this is a high flute nonsense. Wait a minute. Here's one that's just honey bourbon thyme with a twist of lemon. Sounds nice. All right. I could do this. So I order it. This thing comes in like a ridiculous martini glass. I uh-huh. took one look at her. I go, oh, honey, I'm not drinking that. I'm not drinking out of that. 
I go, can you just find me a normal glass? And she's trying to tell me, like, well, corporate says it has to be. I go, well, corporate's not You are here. at Cheesecake Factory. You deal with corporate America, buddy. So then the bartender's like, she's right. It's this and that and the other thing. So don't give her a hard time. I'm like, fine, I'll give you a hard time. Because you're right. Give me a man glass! I was like, you made it. <laughs> Put it in. I, I go, I will drink this out of a boot before I drink it out of this thing. Oh, bro, could I get a plastic cup with that, please? <laughs> can, I get a, can I get a, a solo cup with that? Take off your please? shoe. Put it on the bar. Pour this cocktail into it. I will drink it out of that before and I drink out of that while, glass. All the while, Jews Rife's like, all right, come on, kids. Let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get here. Just embarrassed. And so here comes Chris with these constantly. Every cocktail. I think I know what that is. Why don't you take a sip and then I'm going to take a sip and then now, I'm going to see what well, if I... it's a, For those listening, it's like a peach color and it's got a little bit of foam on top, which means there's probably some citrus. Uh, all right, here we go. Yeah, there's definitely a gingery thing happening there too. Yeah, so there's ginger. And there's something. This is the Get best part. Get in there. Where you guys try to guess what's in there. So there's definitely lime. Let me tell you, if I could make drinks like that, I wouldn't be single. <laughs> you like it. See, if yeah. I could make drinks like this, it's I not wouldn't. Gin. If I could make drinks like this, I would be single because I just wouldn't leave the house. That's not gin, but there, it's definitely cardamom. Cardamom's in there. All right, Chris. I, I get. Or is citrus. that star anise? So, so I've got the I've got the citrus in there. I know it's lime. It's not ginger. There's some. You're it's not saying ginger. not ginger. It's not All right, ginger. That's Chris, hit us with it. That's good. That is really good. It is a. I guess I would say it's an original cocktail of mine. It is taken from the template of a whiskey sour. Close last word because he loves last, to put spins on that. The last word. So for those that don't Lawrence know, Lawrence O'Donnell. Yeah, the last word is um, two liqueurs, spirit, and a citrus. Equal parts. This, what you're drinking, which doesn't have a name for it. I keep hounding Jessica to name it. It is equal parts, an uh, ounce of bourbon, an ounce of pear liqueur, Ooh, an ounce of an ounce of allspice dram. See, okay. So. An ounce of lemon juice, and then for a kicker, a eighth of an ounce of walnut liqueur that I still the have. The allspice is what I got the cardamom from. I yep. still have. Nate, you would definitely get this reference. I still have the bottle of walnut liqueur that I used for the Colt playoff game. <laughs> Where I made, I made a Nate. I made a whole batch of fight milk. For, fight milk, and yes. then he made me do like multiple, multiple, multiple shots of it. And shocker, like you chaos, blacked out, chaos, and you ripped a shirt. You had like <clears throat> one nipple out. If the Bills yeah. hadn't won, yeah. yeah, absolutely. If Micah Hyde doesn't bat that ball down at the end of that game, anarchy. It would have been anarchy, and I I would have made a beeline Wait, to my neighbor down the street's house. I went just to, to fight. I went to two games this year as a fan. Look at you! I went to the that Tampa game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went with my dad. It's the first game I've been to with my dad in a decade. No um, kidding. Then and you didn't come to our tailgate. I was supposed to be. Well, you know, I was with my dad. Stop being selfish. Um, <laughs> and then, and then uh, I was supposed to be in Vegas for the Steelers game. Well, I was supposed to leave at six o'clock for Vegas Sunday mm-hmm. night after post game. So my flights got canceled because of all the snow. Yep. Three, three, three straight days. Monday comes around. I text my boss. I said, hey, listen, like I didn't make it out. I could work if you need me. 
He goes, didn't hear from you, so I got everything covered. Um, you're good. And I was like, okay. Then I'll go so I bought tickets yeah. <laughs> uh, went with my buddies. Cheap. So listen, I mean. What kind of play is that? How are you not just, oh, I don't need to work. I will just take this media pass I have and enter the stadium. Uh, Chris, that's because I'm a man of integrity, integrity. integrity. And, I would, and I would never they, misuse my media credentials. They, they call them scruples. I, I, bought, I bought my ticket like a simple man. When I worked at working man, CNN, the commoner. I abused that. <laughs> right when I worked for and WCN. here you are in your basement and w- that's exactly what I'm trying to avoid <laughs> when I worked at WCNN 680 the fan in Atlanta you better believe I used my media credentials to get into thrasher games that I was not and, but it was the thrasher but can they I also tell you begging vagrants to come part in of the, the reason I bought my ticket so that I could be a commoner is so that, like, my friends were like, I didn't even recognize the person you were at this game because I... Yeah, you were going to get... I was shit-talking. I was doing a lot of shit-talking to, to Steelers fans. And listen, like, I was with my dad for the for the uh, Tampa game, and I got tuned up. You know, me and my dad got to drinking. Yeah. We were had fun. This was different. This was... This was this Nate was unhinged. This was spiteful. There was a, there was a Bills, like a six foot ten Bills fan who noticed me and then called me out for my tweet about the, the Chiefs. <laughs> I, regardless, I uh, I made several Mason Rudolph, Ashley Babbitt references. If you if you can, yes, you can understand it. I know um, exactly where that's going. But I also uh, kept talking to Steelers. So the Steelers fan looked me dead in the eye, right here, right here in the eye. If you want to zoom in on this later? You can. Dead in the eye, and he said to me, "I'd rather have Mason Rudolph than Josh Allen." And he didn't even. He didn't smile. There was and a I, smirk. And I said to him, I was like, let me do this. Let, 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 me, let me build some common ground between you and I. I'm going to compliment you. TJ uh, Watt is the best defensive player in the NFL. He's like, oh, dude. Like, well, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's true. And I was like, yeah, it's true. Now I need you to admit that you would do things yeah. that your parents would not approve of mm. to have Josh Allen as your quarterback. And he said no. And I said, all right, let's fight. <laughs> that's it well let's fight here's what i want to fight I, I, I didn't say that. here's what's got me fighting mad the fact that we are going to be subjected to kansas city against san francisco in the goddamn super bowl that's not what i'm mad about i, I just no, that's not what i'm mad about. you want to know what i'm mad about what? that we have to be subjected to the conversation that josh allen is the reason they can't get over the hump against against the kansas city chiefs that's well like so ryan clark who i find to be very smart intelligent yeah. good takes his take that Joe Burrow is the only one that can lower his his pulse. Okay, well, like, what is the game against? Uh, what's the twenty twenty one you know AFC division? Yeah, shut up, Ryan Clark. It, it's Ryan Clark. I think has showed his Jerk. ass over the last like three months oh, between his stuff about two. Uh, <laughs> there's just a lot of things that Ryan. This is the problem, though. You talk about receipt culture. The problem is these guys are used to living in a world like. Think about it. They're the old heads of. ESPN hot takery. Chris has talked about it in depth before about how ESPN kind of like took that idea. What was it, Chris? It was like fight TV and they basically cornered the market on it. Yeah. Embrace debate. They, they said, Hey, debate TV. We're going to make that our thing and it's going to, gr- it's going to draw thousands of eyeballs. That's fine. The problem is, is that the oldest guys at it, I think Stephen A. Smith is probably still the best for whatever the hell that's worth. But 
it's that thing of they're used to just talking out the rest. The problem is that these things get clipped and make the rounds so quickly. There's no time to pivot. There's no time to respond. So the same guy who can give a really poignant, like, live thing about DeMar Hamlin when it's happening live, you know, on TV and they're on ESPN going, hey, man, like, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be open up as, like, a former player and as somebody who understands all these things. And, and then he's going to turn around and two days later, he's just going to go right back to talking out of his ass because they're not people they're octopuses they they change their i believe color. i believe the proper terminology is octopi octopi it's this idea that they're capable and willing to change their color shape they can squeeze things and color wrap themselves and around things and they can make them it's a shapeshifter incredibly malleable mm. to be whatever they think we want whatever they think we want a given moment they're more than happy to be that and the problem with receipt culture is that that they don't understand yet is that it exists now, mm. and you're just going to get trashed for it on the back end. So with that in mind, we're stuck watching this shit-ass Super Bowl again, and I look at each game and how we got here. First of all, this collapse by the Lions, given our shared history of failure between us and Detroit... Oh, I thought you were referring to me. I don't have any failure. <laughs> ah! <laughs> that might be the second biggest lie told during this podcast. What that? The yeah, what's the first one? The You're biggest, a professional. The biggest one's coming. Given our shared history of failure, do you feel bad for Detroit losing the way that they did? Yes. Okay. So, so you, so I guess here's a question: Seeing how they got there, knowing yeah, they billed it, knowing but knowing that aggression fourth because that's the big that's the big thing. It's nothing about fourth down. Oh, they they could have taken the points. Taking the points has never gotten the Bills anywhere. Not taking the points and being aggressive has gotten the Lions to the NFC title game. Also, can I also mention, I think I saw a stat. Aaron Quinn did this. He did the legwork on this. I think it was 70%, 68% of field goals in the playoffs of 48 yards or more were made. Like People act like it's 100% guarantee that they even make the kick anyways. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those things. And can I say something to Josh really Reynolds? Like I feel, I, I was he, mad at him in the moment. He blew that game. He blew I, that I game. was mad at him in the moment because I go, "This was your like, this was your opportunity to cement yourself as a like, hey, I'm really good at my job because all season long he's been reliable. Or at least he has been, yeah. Down the stretch, two, he got hot. three really bad plays. Off that third and eight where it hit him in the chest. Jared Goff played unbelievable. Whatever Jared Goff gets paid this year, he'll deserve. Here's what will frustrate me about here's what frustrates me about that game more than anything it's not the result it's how dan campbell communicated after that game and it's exactly how sean mcdermott should have communicated after 13 seconds because john mcdermott blew that game himself dan 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 campbell did not blow that game how he spoke about how it's going to be more difficult now next year to try to get back to the same spot yep. just to get back to where they were this year and then to to do to get better will be so so much more difficult it may be even impossible him with that sort of transparency mm-hmm. is exactly how Sean McDermott should have responded and spoke about 13 seconds. Didn't happen. And yet, I I tweeted about how awesome it was to see a coach so anti-coach speak. And then you have the, you know, the apologists in my mentions like, I don't want my coach to say stuff like this, bro. And I'm like, <laughs> like shut up. Because yes, you do. You would love to have your coach... 
Because I tell you what, you know what, you know what you're doing after you were licking your wounds after that 13 second game, going, call the team and and you know what? Regardless, all I wanted after that game was to feel like the coach wore it, acknowledged it, and was honest with us about how this was their moment. This was their opportunity, and they freaking blew it. Just be honest about it, mm-hmm. like Dan Campbell was. I have so much more respect. I've, I had respect for Dan Campbell, but I have a lot more respect for Dan Campbell because of how he approached the post-game press conference after that game. He wasn't selling you goods. He wasn't a snake oil salesman. He wasn't a, you know, he wasn't selling you uh, well, no, uh, shower not, curtain rings. He's not trying to convince you of anything. And in fact, this is being real. Chris, do you remember the podium that's still lurking in my attic in my garage? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as soon as you're not working Sundays anymore, that thing's going to make a comeback. We do our own. We used to do our own post game press conferences. Why? Oh, I remember. Literally, just because <laughs> you Coach couldn't Ambien- compete with my numbers, though. That's why you quit. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, we're threatened by Nate Geary. Nate Geary had the market cornered. We couldn't crack it, so we folded it. up shop. I get it. It it just came down to this idea that our coach never really ever owns no problem. No. And it's and and you can say that he's being you, know, you have all the people who want to say that I don't want to hear my coach talking like about our team with negativity. But there's a such there's a way to do it where it's not negativity, it's honesty. And that's the unfortunate thing. Like we believe in doing honest podcasting, which is why there's times we will let you hear Chris and I have literal Fights. When they make out. Girl fights. Yeah. About how chick fights about the podcast, about our frustrations with each other, because it's honest and it's real. Or about how you think uh, ESPN's B team for hockey is led by Mike, Mike Buchadross. Or, you know, how you guys fight about which one, which one of you should be the one that has to do the reach around. I mean, <laughs> I think we both know the answer to that, though. I think we already see because it shouldn't be debatable. Can I? Can I? Hold on. Before we we have to, we actually have like you know some yeah, stuff to get to. By the way, I, I'm sick of directing this podcast. First, I was the first one to say cut. Like, let's rerun that. Uh, yeah, but has can he I say, become producer, Chris? Did he just usurp you as the best hair? No, and well, the, and obviously the I'm the best hair. He's I not. Mean, oh, he's not over. He doesn't have the. I have the controls right here. Screen. 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 Okay. I have everything. You just take the cameras. So yeah. I guess. Camera's on me now. I okay. can leave the camera on me. Anyways, so, all I wanted to say was I was a little disappointed. I was sort of expecting this when I walked in. It's been a little while since I've been here. And I was expecting to walk into like a gift. I, no, we got Macy's Pizza, which is a good gift. Don't get me wrong. But I was expecting to see a coffee mug. No, no. We've got. we Well, so we're. It's in the works. Okay. You're going to have one of your own. We all are. Okay. Like, we all. Like, this is a thing now. You did this. Now, we're going to talk about that during the uh, superlative show because okay. I've got screenshots for everybody, guys. Because if you want to use this. the picture of my freak out, mm-hmm. if, if there's a screen clipping of my tight end and 12 personnel freak out, uh, I'd like that on a, on a mug. Oh, we could. Do, listen, we can do all the things now. We yeah. get paid for this. We can I do can, all I'm the I'm also things. in Roback, and I feel like Roback should consider making me a Roback athlete. So I guess the last thing I'll say before we go to the other tragic tragedy that happened this past weekend, Ayuk reacting on social media to not being SportsCenter's number one catch. Like, he caught a ball off a guy's face mask, and then he had to find out on SportsCenter that they thought Lamar Jackson's catch was better. I mean, it was. It it went for nine yards, Drew. It went for nine yards. One of them went for a touchdown. That's ridiculous. 
Ugh, I would be pissed off too, right? I feel bad because at halftime, the, 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 the NFC title game was the 6.30 kickoff, so yep. I got home, I ate, and after halftime, I got to sit down, and I'm like, all right, ate dinner, I showered. Thank God. Let's, yeah. Well, I worked 12 hours. Get to sit down, watch the second half of this game. I text our mutual friend, Doug Roloski. And I said, this is... Is that Dan's brother? I said, this is wild. You're 30 football minutes away. And he said, uh, bro, we're going nuts. And then uh, I never heard back from Doug. No, you never heard back because it was over. (laughs) It's it's over. Yeah. (laughs) Mate. So Kansas City happens to travel to Baltimore, and everybody's all fired up about this, and everyone's talking about it like, oh, this is Lamar's shot. He's going to prove to everybody because he's silenced the doubters, right? He has silenced the doubters about how great he is, the fact that he's a pocket passer now, that he can throw the football, and that he can throw the football in the playoffs. So there is no reason that they should not, that they should not do well against Kansas City. Did Baltimore just lay the second biggest egg of the playoffs so far? Tied with the Dolphins? Maybe worse? No, it's worse because the Dolphins don't. Did anyone expect the Dolphins to win that game? I didn't. No. No, no. And I think the problem is you're at home. Well, if Dolphins you're at home fans thought they would fans. win. Dolphins fans thought they might win. Well, of course they did. I would, by the way, can we get an offseason Elf and I? Inter, uh, oh, yeah. Can we do that again? Well, we did that things, again. Well, We've got, done that before, I've got right? things planned. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. I, by the, I just want to say, like, I love Elf. So, like, I want to, like, can we, let, let's, let's, let's put our, our piggy banks together. Let's fly Elf here and get him live. Well, he's going to come up for a game next year. And so depending on when it's scheduled. But here's, yes. the, here's the funny thing. The way I was originally going to orchestrate you and Elf having a conversation was I was going to get you in here. And then Chris was going to have Elf on Zoom just muted and quiet. And then we were going to play the Stone Cold Steve Austin music and be like, wait a minute. That's Elf RT- yeah, My yeah. God, that's Elf Artiaga's yeah. music. And just hit you with Just uh, pro That would have been dope. That would have been dope. And realistically, you two were much more amiable than that. I was kind of disappointed by how much you we like each other. got along. Yeah, we like each other. We DM each other on the side. You know what the problem is? Because we do all, virtual reach arounds. Because we're all <laughs> assholes. And we all eventually, like, once you meet another asshole, you go... I could get along with this guy. Yeah, right, because this, <laughs> this guy's a bigger dick than me. No, I'm a bigger dick. <laughs> and this is it. And then it becomes that I think you should leave Sketch. Or, no, but I used to be. I used to be a piece of shit. So Baltimore goes out there and just literally drizzles one down their leg. All this MVP discourse <laughs> has been nuts. And I, like MVP has been decided. It's a regular season award. It's what I love, award. it's funnier than the fact that they lost the way that they did, was the fact that the media just eviscerated Josh Allen in the aftermath of the loss and then made nothing but excuses for Lamar Jackson when he was like, hey, Josh, hold my beer. Watch me fuck this game up. Nate, how Watch ma- me grossly underperform. Nate, how was, uh, how was that uh, Baltimore run game? Non-existent, right? Listen, <laughs> the problem is the Bills... Bills losing... That divisional round game was difficult for a lot of reasons, but 
it was difficult that they actually came up with a game plan and they decided that the game plan was they were going to lose because of the game plan, not because they deviated off the game plan, right? And they lost because they didn't deviate off the game plan. And I think that they were willing to to, to be okay with that. They were willing to say, we have no, we have a dude who was in Cancun with his family a week ago playing middle linebacker being asked to cover the greatest tight end to ever play. Uh, whether you like that, 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 that's true. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end to ever play. Um, you had AJ Klein, who God rest his soul, and, and he's not dead, by the way. Uh, but you know, he is for the sake of this conversation. <laughs> his, his career he is <laughs> did what he could in the position that he was put in, which was an impossible one. Yes, and I will give the Bills credit for saying. This is how we believe we have our best chance of winning. If the Bills had Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard, they're playing a very different football game. Oh, 100%. Offensively. But I think for me, the thing about the Ravens is their immaturity showed. Well, their yeah. lack of experience showed because they got Zay in that Flowers? position. They, Zay Flowers. Not even. Not even. They got into that game, and instead of, instead of doing what they did all year, which was run over teams, they got behind early. And what they showed about themselves, which has not changed, but the, but the coaches knew is it. they can't play from behind. And the problem is, is that the coaching staff of the Kansas City Chiefs knows it's like they have the book on you. They have the book on you better than you know you. And Andy Reid just knows that if he can put you in the right position, you will crumble. It's almost like when you're trying to play te- when you're playing trying to play Texas Hold'em against a guy who's really good at just understanding what the per- no, but understanding what the percentages are, uh, and then he knows you, and he goes, "All right, well, the odds are that they're not going to come out on this drive and go run heavy because they're down by ten points. They're going to abandon this thing, and what they're going to do is they're going to throw, and I'm already ahead now." So now what I can do is I can eat up a bunch of clock on a bunch of a run-heavy drive and kind of counterpunch, and now it's a problem. Like now it's a problem for them, and I'm going to keep that pressure on because I understand exactly how Harbaugh and how they're coordinate, how Todd Monken, and how all these guys are going to respond. He's an evil genius, but I love him because he's unassuming and he loves cheeseburgers. Once Kelsey and Reed retire, how many Super Bowls will they win? Don't th- don't give me an answer with your heart. Give me an answer with your brain. What are they already at? Two, two. They're at two. They're going to have three after they win on next Sunday. Mm. I don't know. I think after three, if Andy Reid decides to hang it up in a year and a half, <clears> he's <throat> going to hang it up after this year. Okay. Well, then, so is Travis Kelsey. They're both retiring after the win or lose. Nothing. But they're going to win. Nothing would make me happier than him retiring like after the game, proposing to Taylor Swift. It's one of the most watched moments on TV. And then he rides off into the sunset. And then, like, in a few years, he's just fat, like Vin Diesel, hanging off the edge of a yacht somewhere. And we get to see that photo. They're like, TMZ, they're like, look at fat Travis Kelsey. And I get to just go, ah. or he, Or he's naked tackling ah. a shark and people think it's Jim McElwain. <laughs> <laughs> here's what I want. I'll tell you what. It would make me happy. If this is what it takes to get them the fuck out of here, then g- good. Take another one. What's, what's another one at this point? I'm dead inside already. But... I will say this when I look at the Ravens and the Bills. People talked a lot of shit about Josh and then made a lot of apologies for Lamar. But when you look at the just the way that game went, how not in control he was at any point. At no point did he look like he was in command of that game. Did he look like he was a threat to take command of that game? 
And then he looked he, like he did in the 2020 divisional round. Look at this in Buffalo. Five consecutive drives. Now, five drives in football is a lot. There are some games where you don't get seven. Five drives is a lot. It's like five years in a, in, in real life. Like, okay, so in the Bills-Chiefs game, the Bills had months. eight total possessions. Eight. For the entire game, we had eight possessions. The Ravens on five consecutive drives, before and after halftime, had less than 30 yards, including one where they fumbled the ball. And a bunch of them were less than 10. That's pathetic. It's not good. It's not good. And then you look at what his career playoff stats for Lamar Jackson are right now. He's got a 2-4 and four record. Four games that are all losses, by the way, with under 58% completion percentage. Six touchdowns to six picks. 26 sacks with six fumbles. He lost three of those. So that means that his total touchdowns and his total turnovers are a net neutral. That's your franchise quarterback. I go into the playoffs and I make just as many good things happen as I do terrible things. Awesome. (laughs) And we're still here, out here with the Ryan Clarks of the world, fucking making excuses for this guy. Going, he's better than Josh Allen. MVP, regular season. MVP! Regular season award. Uh, MVP these right here. Both of them. Listen, listen. Let, let me say this. Lamar Jackson's a fine player. He's a very, very good player. He's a top seven, top six quarterback. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's in the words say. of Forrest Gump. That's all I got to say about that. So the problem is, is we're going to be just inundated with another crap Super Bowl that we all kind of know is going to go a certain way. Brock yeah, Bur- let me guess. The Chiefs are going to win, and there's going to be two controversial calls. One will be a no call. One will be a call for the Chiefs, a.k.a. both of them will go in the Chiefs' direction. And then Patrick Mahomes will feather in a game-winning drive at the end and just cement his greatness because he is the most talented quarterback to ever play. And I want to go on record as saying, and you can go on Google and find it, I wrote that he has the ability his during the draft that the Bills should draft him in the draft year 2017, the Lord's year 2017 that the Bills should draft him, and that I think he could be the greatest quarterback to ever play is in an article I wrote on cover1.net. 
No, in 2017 <clears throat> in March because I knew Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes before all of you losers. And now here's a question. Does that make you feel any better being first? Yep. Like I I go on, I'm, I'm a redditor. When I see someone go first. Wait, wait. Uh Drew, who was uh Oh wait, I know who it was. It was Neil Armstrong. Do I feel like Neil Armstrong? A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Old and did they Island. did did hey. he have did they have the best moon landing? No, you know but he I, did it first. Do you know how I know you can't be Neil Armstrong because he punched a man in public? I fa- uh, I face washed a Steelers fan while yeah. I was in the urinal because he approached me and wanted to because right. I made a I made Respect. a I face washed him and then Bills fans drug him dragged him back like he was because uh, obviously you're so Chris they have to protect. Well, you know, the great they knew better. I had dick in hand in a urinal. <laughs> yeah, anybody in that position, I don't care who you root for, you have to. I was in no, that's it, it. It had nothing to do with who I was. It was the vulnerable state I was in. Exactly. I was, I was, because what's right is at right. a urinal. It's etiquette. I had one hand ahead of me and I was looking back. Fight etiquette says you don't do that. that fight etiquette says you don't approach a guy who can't approach you. He's got his thing out. I stone cold Steve Austin, the guy with a beer. Because he did that to me in the parking lot at Doc Slot before before Doc I was trying to pull out. As, no, no, Doc Slot uh, where we park and tailgate now. Oh, okay, well, you guys, so you guys in the mud lot. Oh, they, uh, it's right next to Hammer's lot, and uh, yeah, some guy came over and tried to confront me about like, hey, I'm leaving the game early, the Jets game, and I'm trying to get out of here. So I have the door open, and I'm like, well, I'm already here. I'm just gonna take a leak, and. I'm standing there, and this guy starts chirping me from a campfire, like across the parking lot. I was like, "Shut up, shut up, asshole!" You want to go? Do- doesn't he get up and start marching over? I go, "You're gonna confront me? You ever see my chest?" <laughs> so it was just one of those things on a really cold night when you just take that and you just hose a guy down with a beverage. And then, yeah, and then it's like, yeah, now you're wet and cold, and I just bounced you off a minivan. So, do you feel cool now, Chris? Back in the day, uh, there was a kid that played college football with us. He was a defensive lineman, uh, interior defensive lineman, and his chest was so big it was like it was like bigger than what Fat Drew's chest used to be. Yeah, and Fat Drew used to be wide. We did the thing like because back in the day when this was, this would have been like you know 2009, 2010 ish. Um, we made a Facebook said, and it was called Sam's Chest. It was just a, an enlarged image of his chest plate because it was just so large. Um, what would be the equivalent of today? Would you make a, a TikTok? Yeah, of just Drew's Drew's or Twitter chest? or Twitter account. A Twitter account about Drew's have a chest. Twitter account. Yeah. I would put I would put it on whoever created uh, Drunk Ryan Lacell. I'm not gonna Wait, lie. Somebody. Yeah, there's someone made a Twitter account making fun of Ryan Lacell once upon a time. It's still out there, guys. If you want to find it, just look for. That's drunk, how you know you made it, Ryan. Just look for drunk, drunk. I think it's either drunk Ryan or drunk Lacell. Guys, go find it. It's funny that someone even did that and then follow it. Nobody's uh, tweeted from that account yeah. since 2015. I'd like to take that account over. And nobody deactivated it. It just still exists. So we have to bring this back to the Buffalo Bills. Now that we know the Super Bowl is going to suck, let's talk about some current events. The Bills, the Bills coordinator shuffle their hires, and kind of what's been going on in the NFL. It's been the talk this last week of teams hiring coaches, hiring coordinators. It's the natural progression of football. And yet I saw some really crazy stuff this week. Like, I have a note here on my phone. Like, I thought about it on the drive over here, and at a red light, it was like, I have to remember this. First of all, we have to keep in mind that there are only 32 head coaching jobs, and there's only 64 official coordinator positions. 
<clears throat> they're highly paid, they're highly respected, and they are, you know, coordinator is a stepping stone on its way to being a head coach. You know, John Harbaugh made the special teams coach to head coach leap. I don't know a lot of others who've gone from special teams to head coach, but I know a lot of offensive and defensive coordinators. Like, you don't often get that job without having first been a coordinator, correct? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, you're Nate Hackett. That's correct. You're Mike Malarkey's. You're Greg Williams. Okay. So what I just watched, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What we just watched was multiple coordinators turn down promotions. Yeah. And that's a weird thing. It has not happened in this era. It's not a usual thing where you watch coordinators being interviewed for head coaching positions. Well, do you want to know why? Be- or assistant coaches who have a road to coordinator with their own team being interviewed for the same, like a lateral move to somewhere else and saying no. Like that doesn't usually happen. The NFL is ahead of <clears> the <throat> NHL and the NBA in that it moved away from 20 years ago where it would just be retreads. Whoever was fired from one place would go to another place, and it would just be this this ring around the rosy of crappy NFL head coaches. Now, if you get fired, you go, you get demoted, you go back to being a defensive coordinator. Bill or Belichick, go, or you get to go to TV, <laughs> or you get to um, go to TV, or you get to go to like maybe Belichick probably won't even be on TV. He'll probably be on YouTube, or maybe he'll make his own OnlyFans. I don't know. Well, now here's could you imagine if Belichick made his own OnlyFans? Well, I'd buy it. Well, wasn't he shirtless in Worcester, just walking around on a front porch sure with a ring camera somewhere? Like you know, sure like, was. Like if I'm his kids, the only thing I'm wondering is, Dad, like why? Have, have you seen? Have you seen his son? You're slumming it again. Yeah, his son can't really complain. His son's out there too on a porch in Worcester. Like he's on some kind of like methamphetamine salts. So, I think the most glaring thing before we get to you know obviously our own promotions and hires. Ben Johnson and uh, Slowick from Houston. Two of the best offensive coordinators in the league, yeah. Exactly. And they were interviewed multiple times by multiple by teams. By bad teams. By bad teams. And when you're a good offensive coordinator in the NFL, you know what you can do? Be picky and choosy because you know that you're going to get hired eventually and, and you're going to go to the place you want to go. So the, then that's the question. This round, this coaching cycle and this search for coaches and coordinators, can we say with a little bit of, like, like, like a little bit of like chutzpah when I say it, that this is the worst hiring cycle to be involved in if you're a coordinator. Like this past one was probably the worst because the jobs that were available aren't attractive. What was out there? What was out there for the, okay, coordinators looking to become head coaches. Who did you have your pick of? You had the commanders. Patriots, nobody wanted. Patriots. Well, they gave the Patriots to an internal hire before they even interviewed Raiders, them. no one wanted. Titans, no one wanted. Panthers, no one wanted. Falcons, people wanted. What's the... Maybe it's the best job in the hiring cycle, the Chargers and Falcons, which, God, I mean, just sure. either job is good. And, and so this is the question. What's the common thread between those teams? I mean, the Chargers pretty much seem to have their mind. They have a hex. They, they have a worse curse than the Bills <clears> do. But but I think that the, if you take the Chargers out of the equation, because I think they were always kind of looking at Harbaugh. Like if this yeah happened, uh, that was that was telegraphed. Yeah, <clears throat> everybody else has the same problem. We don't have a quarterback. <laughs> we don't have a quarterback, and we don't have a lot of the pieces that it takes to make this happen. Put some fucking respect on Will Levis's name right now. <laughs> Our white knight, you wait. watch your mouth when you're talking I about Will Levis like that. Wait for Buffalo to tune that guy up. Yeah, that's right. I said it. To hell with Will Levis. So with this in mind, I take a look then at the guys who interviewed and 
like the fact that the Bills had two coordinators who were involved in this, or at least two coordinating candidates, right? Because you had no defensive coordinator this year. Babbage was a guy who oversaw a lot. You have Joe Brady, who picked up the pieces after you fired your offensive coordinator and seemed to find a little bit of something. Sure. But neither one were home runs, and the team kind of slow-played both of those things. Now, first of all, the team slow-playing that. What? Actually, first, before I go back. The Bills hired two yes-men as their coordinators. Is that what you're saying? Well, no. Here's oh, okay. Those are my words? These are yours. You went on with uh, Reflog. People know him as yeah. McNeil on Twitter. Real McNeil. Yeah. He's one of the best follows. If you like snarky, shitty memes that are usually crapping on Cleveland, which I love. So you went on a podcast with him and talked about the hire of Ken Dorsey. Mm-hmm. How was that conversation? I think they were surprised okay. at what I had to say. Uh, I think Ken Dorsey is a good coach. I think he's a great quarterback coach. If you ask me who... If you could take a pool of the best quarterbacks coaches in the league right now, Ken Dorsey would probably be number one. And that's what he's going to be in, in Cleveland. He's going to be a quarterbacks coach because he's not calling plays. No, because he's not calling plays. He's not calling plays. And it's good for him. Yep. He shouldn't be calling plays. He should go to a place that has a really good play-calling head coach, which is Kevin Stefanski. Yep. And then he'll use this as a platform to go call plays in two years and then hopefully in two or three years be a head coach somewhere down the line. Sure. Ken Dorsey will be head coach in the NFL, by the way. If Antonio Pierce is a, please, if Antonio Pierce is a head coach in the NFL, Ken Dorsey will be an NFL head coach within the next five years, or I will drink a cocktail that was made in Drew's mouth and he can spit it into mine like a baby bird. I'm game. I'm game for all of this. Now, (laughs) what's what's frustrating, not even frustrating, but like for someone like me where it's like, okay. You had this thing of, you've had Bills fans who are slamming the table going, we need more offense. You gotta, myself included, the John Fox thing that you and I kind of fucking did together. Boom. Look at that. See, sometimes we fucking <laughs> make it happen, baby. So the John Fox thing that I said, like I called in and just got you all fired up about in the radio because I wanted to save you from shitty callers. Um, and in turn, you actually turned into a shitty caller. And yeah, then I, tur- of course I did. What, what do you want from me? Like, this is the frog and the scorpion, baby. You picked up the phone. What did you think I was? I was going to get out of there seamlessly? Absolutely not. So, with that in mind, look at the hiring cycle. Chris has the tweet up in front of us. Adam Schefter, the scorecard. You have Jim Harbaugh, offensive guy. When you take a look at what else is up there, how All many... of them are going to be fired within three years. Except sure. for Raheem Morris. I like Raheem Morris a lot. I think he's got a chance to be great. Which is why... Second time who's, around, who's though. The None of these quarterback. coordinators are taking these jobs. Uh, exactly. Defensive coaches are in vogue when you have a team that might get you fired. Be- well, what I, if I was going I was quarterback of the Falcons. You couldn't quarterback the Buff State Bengals. That's because they didn't give me enough pieces. If they, <laughs> if, they gave me, if they gave me the right system and the right pieces, you know, I could have been great. But you know, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't surround me with the enough right pieces. Athletes. Would have been giving you a four wheeler that you could have driven to the end zone with. That's about the I'll only way you, you were scoring a touchdown. I'll tell you what, I couldn't disagree more with you. And uh, it just, it just wasn't an offense. Uh, listen, it was like trying to put a square peg into a round He's hole. He's WGR collaring me right I, now on my listen, own. Listen, I used to play through both ways, and uh, I'll tell you what, Nate. If uh, if it weren't if it weren't for Sean McDermott's inability to recognize talent. Josh Allen would have been playing linebacker against the Kansas City Chiefs. He'd been playing both ways. I played both ways, Nate. 
in high school. <laughs> I played both ways on the middle school team, it's and like so you know, painful. but and, and this guy gets paid to just take these the kicks Falcons, in the head. The Falcons are going to get Falcons. No, no, no. Hold on. Jaden Daniels, Bonix, Panix. It doesn't matter. They're, they're all going to get AIDS. It doesn't matter. Nothing that happens doesn't matter to me. AIDS? Here's Jesus, what I know. Jesus, we've, we've, as a society, we've figured out a way. We've beaten AIDS, by the way. So just like the Bills, if the Bills were AIDS. Why did it take until 2023 when Magic Johnson figured it out in the 90s? I don't want to hear any more about this. Uh, we beat AIDS a decade so, <laughs> ago. Anyways, but who's here for a history lesson? I think that the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons next year is going to be... It better be somebody good, because otherwise he's going to get fired just like Russell the last Wilson. three guys. Russell <laughs> So, this is, I guess, what I'm looking at. A coaching cycle where no one, no one of note got actually hired for a head coaching job. The most notable offensive names took themselves out of the running going back to their original teams. And then you look at the Bills. And you have this the fear of like, oh my God, we might lose Brady, we might lose Babbage, all this stuff's gonna fall apart. Who cares? The hire of Joe Brady, it's one of those things of okay. So since 2020, we've been here because, and this is what I loved about the Dorsey switch. And I myself am guilty of it. And then you watch the switch to Brady, Joe Brady, and then you watch an offense, and then Josh you watch Allen this happen, into a- and you go, but, but, but you go, wait a minute, we're still just on this same trajectory. Yeah, there might be some dips and there might be some situational things that happen differently, but realistically, we're here now. We used to be here in 2019 and we went here. Can I tell you guys a cool stat? People, well, people, I think a lot of fans were trying to give that, like the credit for that, to Brian Dable. And the reality is you're watching what's happening in New York City right now or New Jersey right now with Brian Dable. Brian Dable can do a lot of things with a mediocre quarterback. He can structure an offense around you not being the most accurate or you having the best timing in the entire world. But he also needs a lot of other shit to go right. No, he just needs more than Daniel Jones, a quarterback. Well, and this is it. A lot of other things have to work. And if they don't, you know who can make you know problem. you know who could win with Daniel Jones? Hmm. Probably nobody. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. And he turned water into wine. You would have Anyways. to uh, so 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 I guess my point is you have this, and then fans go, "Oh well, Dorsey, he can't do. He sucks compared to Dable. You got to bring Dable back." <laughs> That's amazing. Zach, Zach just texted. I, I so uh, back backstory. I, I'm trying to get some really good calls together from the the season, and my 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 producer texted me because he, he wasn't pr- uh, producing during the Kansas City after the Kansas City game in the post game. He goes, "Jesus Christ." You're a fucking trooper after the Kansas City game. Good Lord. Uh, I know. So, uh, so, so, so I guess to finish my point, Joe Brady, Joe Brady comes in and everyone goes, see, Brady got it and Dorsey didn't. And then kind of towards the end, you go, hmm? did he? Or was he just doing a Change more for exact- the sake of change. No, well, it wasn't change for the sake of change. The motion was a little bit more effective. He had a better, way better running attack. And, and, but so now here's the question. Does that, do you point to Aaron Cromer and go, you might actually be the most important person in the room here? Like, hey, you built a, like for the first time in Josh Allen's professional career, we had an offensive line that could both pass, protect, and run block. And you go, wait a minute. Who should get the credit for that? And also get credit for being intelligent enough to steer into that. Like, cool, Brady, you agreed. 
Also, Aaron Cromer quietly has settled this entire thing to a degree that no offensive line has been settled since when? When's the last time the Bills had a functional O-line, Chris? I don't know. I was kind of, Nate, I was in kind of uh, in Derek Dockery era. Uh, Nate, I was kind of uh, in agreement with one of your tweets that you had, I think, last week about uh, the Bills. Should they miss an opportunity? To take a look at Biennemi. I would have liked to see a... uh, an actual search? Uh, yeah, like be enemy, give me a Kellen Moore interview before you go to Joe Brady. There's something to be said about opposition research. And there's something to be said about understanding who, how different people view what you do well and what you don't do well. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bills missed an opportunity with Josh Allen as your quarterback to hear how other offensive coordinators might approach running an offense with Josh at quarterback. Since let me let me give you the the Josh Allen's 300 yard games since 2020. He had eight 300 yard games in 2020. He had seven 300 yard games in 2021. He had six 300 yard games in 2022, and he had or eight. It was like what was it? Eight seven six five, and he had five 300 yard games this past year. The passing offense since 2020 has done this and what you had an opportunity to do was hear how kellen moore how eric b how zach robinson who just got hired as the offensive coordinator for the falcons at raheem morris and maybe that was never going to happen and maybe all of these things are just a roundabout way for you to get back to joe to get back to joe brady but and that's worth fine. hearing what else might be on the table what I it is that. is is an opportunity to hear how other people would look at your offense, tell you what they do well, what they think they don't do well, and what they might do different than the previous coach has done. And I think the Bills missed an opportunity to do that because they were scared of their own shadow. They were scared that Joe Brady was going to take a job somewhere else, and they were scared that Bobby Babbage was going to take a job somewhere else. And what I will say is, out of the two coordinators, I'd be way more worried about keeping Bobby Babbage than I would have kept Joe Brady. And I like Joe Brady a lot. I think he is a good offensive coordinator in the NFL. Every single, all 32 teams in the last calendar and a half year have changed offensive coordinators. The reason that Ben Johnson, the reason that Bobby Slowick decided not to take jobs as head coaches in the NFL isn't because they don't think they can get it done. It's not because ultimately offensive coordinators right now have never been more powerful They've never been more in vogue than they Mm. are right now. They are changing at an unsustainable rate. They're being hired at an unsustainable rate. You look at this right now. Mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh, offensive coach. Antonio Brown, or Antonio Pierce, defensive coach. Gerard Mayo, defensive coach. Brian Callen, offense. Dave Canales, offense. Raheem Morris, defense. Mike Daniel, defense. So when you look at this, it's a 50-50 split. Mm -hmm. If you really want to know where teams want to go, the smart teams are looking at offensive coaches. The good teams are looking at offensive coaches. The Patriots, mm. okay. Uh, the Raiders, mm. okay. Okay, well, the Chargers, they've got a quarterback, so they will obviously want an offensive coach. They just tried a defensive coach. It didn't work. There are very few coaches that are coaching the defensive side of the ball that I would sign up to be my head coach. Raheem Morris is one of them. I really like I think that the I think that the Falcons hit a home run. Zach Robinson is their offensive corner that basically took all of the really good pieces of Sean McVay's team, uh, you know, outfit there in, <clears throat> in Los Angeles and brought them over to the Falcons. 
And Raheem Morris was a coach. He already has cut coaching experience. Yeah. Listen, I think at the end of the day, Joe Brady is prob was probably always going to be the guy. Was he the right guy? We'll I find out. I think so. Well, we'll find out because realistically, can he replicate? Like this No is one's thing. been like, able to replicate what Brian Dable did. No, but the idea is Brian Dable wasn't able to replicate what Brian Dable did. But and that's where you when you watch the decline and you go, well, roster course, changes and things, it's like it's no. not it's not always about what an offensive coordinator can do. Sure. It's also about the tools in his shed. And but, he went 100%. from he went from working at a DeBolt shop to working at a Macy's brand tool shop. So how do you not know that if you just stock the cupboard, Brady can also benefit from some of this. And this is my point. Sure. And maybe and there, there's a it, real argument to be made that he took the, the season. He that, took key elements of Ken Dorsey's yes. offense and then made some of it his. We're going to get a full look at what the Joe Brady offense is this year. And but we've talked can, about how this team has an opportunity and not even an opportunity, but it, it kind of like a if you don't want to keep just dying a slow death out here then you have to have a change in philosophy and you have to empower that coordinator with tools and you have to invest in this thing. You already did it. You built a line. You paid another guard, but you did it smartly and you drafted another one who panned out. Great. Keep building. Keep keep backfilling the offensive line with talent. Keep backfilling the wide receiver room with talent. Keep doing the things that you've been doing because you watched what happened when you added and you sprinkled just a little bit of fairy dust in a couple positions and it panned out for you, you saw a resurgence in some things that you thought were probably just like never going to be a staple of a Josh Allen Buffalo Bills offense. That Cowboys game never would have happened three years ago because the offensive line couldn't sustain it. True. So what you've done is you've created an environment where maybe Joe Brady can be the guy. You have to keep investing. You found something. Now empower it. Now, we, we could do this all night, you and me. We gotta talk about Babbage before we get out of here. Now, this is the good hire, and it's also an opportunity for you to double, you know, tomahawk dunk on the dolphins with me. Which I know you love. <laughs> I know you love this. I'm actually, um, Even I'm actually a dolphins kinda, fan. Yeah, I was oh, kinda, I'm an honorary dolphins you, fan. You technically joke. Because I made a joke base. one time. You I made a joke with my friends on Do you know Twitter. how many times I've ever joked about fuck stopping you guys? You, fuck you, fuck I've never you guys. Stopped, I've never stopped trying to be a Bills fan. Even if I wasn't either. I was, I was kidding. It was my I, friends that are Dolphins fans on Twitter. And I was like, I be a Dolphins fan after the worst game of all fucking time. I wanted to just be say, oh, can I? And then the next day, you know what? Elf texted me. He goes, bro, you're getting blown. That tweet's getting blown up. And I'm like, yeah, but you want to know why? Because you're all fucking fragile. You're all fragile. And then I still, I still get tweets. You know what they say? You know what, guys? Like, do you know how be much an I adult. love that that happened? Be an adult. Can we, like, guys, I say shit all the time on Twitter. It's the whole point of Twitter. And people hold it to me like I wrote the Bible. I'm not going to lie to you, Nate. This is like I'm culture. Judas. You were talking about receipt culture. They're into it. The problem is you have to just be able to float above it all. I'm not go, Judas. Hey, I don't care about Like, Nate, you've seen it happen. If, if anybody comes at me about anything, I get so mean so quickly, they block us, and then they stop talking. I just got to say, if I, <laughs> if I am not Judas, if I was going to kill Jesus, it would have been way cooler. I would have done it in a way better way than Judas did. I am not Judas. So I want to talk about, first of all, 
thank God Babbage is the guy because you should see some of the losers they brought in here. Uh, Mike Caldwell, like linebacker coach for the Jaguars. Woo! How about Sean Desai? The fact that they allowed, <laughs> the fact that they let him on team property makes me fucking Ooh, mad. They didn't. That was a zoom. Oh, okay, thank God. They didn't let him in here. You don't let him. They didn't. He didn't didn't go to one Bills drive. You don't let his stink touch our building. I mean, you're talking about a guy who got fired from Matt Pencil over the pencil on plastic Patricia. Listen, I think before you start talking shit about Patricia, you and Patricia kind of look alike. That poor bastard. Pull up a picture. That pull poor up a picture, Chris. That poor bastard. Pull up a picture. Well, the only di- well, the only difference is Google Google skinny Matt Patricia and tell me that it doesn't look exactly like I'll, Drew. I'll give here's it. I'll give it a Google, but here's the this th- is the thing. But Drew and Patricia might look similar, but Patricia went to the orthodontist. <laughs> Damn it! So anyway, here's here's. <laughs> Here's what I love. Skinny. Put skinny Matt Patricia in. Put skinny after it. No. (laughs) His his schnoz is way bigger than mine. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This one? Oh, wait a minute. No. Oh, damn it. Oh, wait. There might be a beardless Matt Patricia. Oh, no. Oh, no. Going to the left? It's It's like a... Oh no! Oh, wow, but one of those he looks like Kenny Powers. One of these things, <laughs> yeah, looks like, not like middle right. Other. So, so this is there my thing is, about Desai. Desai, him getting pull de- that, pull that, and I want to see a tweet later from Rock Prowl Report with that picture on the very left next to Drew's face. So, so here's the thing: <laughs> Drew with orthodontic. Sean work. Desai getting demoted isn't even the thing that turns me off about him. What turns me off is they demoted him, and then they were like, "Hey, you're not invited to the coaching meetings anymore." But you're under contract, so just float around the building. Figured you. Now, what do you do? What do you do if you're an NFL coach who actually doesn't have any positional responsibility? You don't have to go to any of your meetings. Someone else is running your department. What do you do inside of an NFL stadium? I'm, I'm asking you an honest question. Like, if they turned you loose for a whole day, you're in the building, <laughs> but you can't go to... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So... so... <laughs> Oh, no. This is awful. Oh no! Oh no! Nate had to get up and leave. Oh boy! All right, so no, oh, this is gonna hurt. That's that, like successful that Drew Gear. That's that, that, that was gonna stick. That's Drew Gear with headgear. That, that's right? what that's what my LinkedIn sh- picture should that look like. So now. If you're in an NFL stadium and they don't let you do your job and they just go, listen, watch this be in a jar. What do you do in that stadium all day? <laughs> what do you I do? This show is derailed. See. I can't. I can't. Chris, see you got to take it off the screen. I just could you could you Photoshop glasses onto him? So I guess the idea is that guy was never going to be a serious candidate for a D coordinator. It almost seemed like it was that thing of like we're negotiating, so we're going to bring in some guys. You're interviewing with the Miami Dolphins. They're going to bring in some guys. And here's what I love. We bring in Bobby Babbage, and everyone can tell you why this is a good idea. Safeties have thrived. Linebackers have thrived. I get a message from Elf about Babbage saying that he heard. They, they did want him. They wanted they him. They wanted him. And, like, Ryan Lacell and I had a conversation about this where I asked him. And I, I do this thing where if you're in a group chat with me, sometimes I just stream of consciousness, waterboard you hey. with my ideas. God. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that was too quick. Damn it. 
Look was, at that! That was too quick. Oh my god! I don't like that. Oh <laughs> uh, my god! Damn it! Tweet that! Those cheeks are... I want to see the teeth. I wish we could see teeth with that chin. <laughs> no, you don't. I want to see teeth oh, with no, that you chin. Don't. And that, the worst oh, part is... that's The God. worst part is that's not even me at Critical Mass. That's not even me at Critical Mass. Oh I was in high school God. there. I think, that was, I think that was a precursor to my senior that was That was pre-sex Drew right there. <laughs> so, with this in mind, here's what I know. Jesus Christ! Look at the Bills. We've now landed a D coordinator who yeah. everybody believes is a good coach. We've seen what he can do with safeties. We've seen what he can do with linebackers. What is Miami doing? Miami has been interviewing everybody under the sun. I'm talking to Ryan Lacell about this, and his first response is just, uh, McDaniels is an idiot. That's the only explanation for this. Yeah. Think about this. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to their candidates. Usually there's a theme, right? Like if a team is looking for an offensive head coach, you go interview every offensive coordinator under the sun, and you pick one. This is a team that's getting wholly inexperienced coaches like Babbage in the door. They've got veteran coaches with head, ex- head coaching experience like Frazier and Staley, which your tweet about Frazier and whether or not it was funny. And then some random dickhead goes, a lot of dickheads, a, a lot of people because you misspelled Frazier. I know I did. I really did. And they just thought you meant Leslie Frazier just started. They, and not the ta- show Frazier. You were talking about the show, which is the a- reboot of Frazier. And everyone's like, yeah, the reboot in Miami. <laughs> What I love is that they're interviewing old guys and young guys, but they had a guy in the building who fit the description of everything that it looks like they're looking for, and they fight, they paid him to go away. They did. Like it, like Miami is a team that was built to run a 3-4 defense with a lot of man, and then they ran more zone this year, and it didn't exactly pan out because they didn't have a lot of zone corners, and they weren't built for it at the linebacker level. Their linebackers aren't great. So it doesn't make sense to me why you're interviewing coaches like Leslie Frazier, who, hey, I'm going to bring a Tampa 2 to this. What's the difference between Leslie Frazier and and Vic Fangio, other than success? (laughs) (laughs) Chris, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) I can't do it. What? I'm not doing it. Not doing it. God, is it, is it? Can I, let me see it. Pull it up. Pull it up on the screen. Just I, do I, it. I, I I know. I know. I feel like I know where this just, is going. Just do no, it. No, no, no. Here's just keep going. Here's what I know. As long as this bullshit continues, you read the Nate Hackett stuff today. Oh my god. <laughs> they have to. There's NewJersey.com's Michael Mania is like they have to fire Hackett immediately if any of this is true. <laughs> They're not. They're not going to. They're not going to fire. Um. Like, you look at the Patriots and go, what what do you even have? No one knows because you've marginalized both quarterbacks at the same time. Uh, You've got Bill O'Brien's going to be the brainchild of that nonsense. Oh, by the way, Miami, for everything you know on offense, you know nothing on defense, and you don't even know what you don't know. And you don't even know what you want. You're just freewheeling. Doesn't this seem like even though our coordinator hires might not have been sexy, they might have been, it might be nepotism. Like you said, just, oh, escape. What would you say, yes, man? You, I, I believe earlier you said yes, man. I did say yes, man. They are yes, man. Even if they are, they we are. still have a better coordinating situation than every other team in our division. Sir, <laughs> what are you laughing about? 
Because it's pathetic and hilarious. Oh, and you're awesome. You think it's sad? Well, I think it's hilarious. I think it's great because the Bills are doing this like bare minimum approach to finding coordinators, and, and it's still, still better than what the Dolphins get. Yeah, um, the Dolphins are just going to do this thing where the Dolphins are the Dolphins hiring a retread at defensive coordinator like Leslie Frazier, like Brandon Staley, is such a dumb move for them. They need someone that is equally as innovative on the defensive side as Mike McDaniels on the offensive side. That is, that's going to break <laughs> the goddamn internet. I don't think so, but I'll tell you what. That hair- Her Nate Geary, Drew Gear is a skinny Matt Patricia. <sighs> See, he doesn't know how to hashtag anything. He's not part of I'm not a hashtag guy. I already got a hashtag. Don't worry. I'm Greg gonna... Thompson retweeted it already. Oh, and God, I'm, and I'm is that what it is, Greg Thompson? Damn you, I'm Greg. I'm Of course Greg brings that out. Damn him. Guys, ultimately, D coordinator, offensive coordinator, we're still better than everybody else in our division, and that's all I need to know. Guys, this has been fun, but for tonight, we got to get the hell out of here. I don't know. I think we should I think we should do a three-hour episode. I'm Drew Gear. Can we end with this? Yeah. Let me end with this. Oh boy, this is uh, I got some I got some notes here from upstairs. Oh boy, from your wife. Nate may be louder than Drew. <laughs> I haven't decided if that's a compliment. <laughs> and then uh, I don't need a microphone. Generally. Yeah, and then uh, upon you seeing the Drew Gear Matt Patricia photo, Benny hearing Nate laughing. There is no way Drew or Susan, that's me, is that funny. (laughs) Wait till she sees that picture. Everybody's a critic. Guys, this has been fun, but we got to get out of here. I'm Drew Geary. That's Chris Krueger. It's Nate Geary. This has been your Rock Power Report. This has been a Rock Power Report.